0: Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer, with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law, and we are back once again to talk about law stuff. That's about all I have as a plan for today. For that reason, I brought on somebody else who can do some talking. So, hey, Keith Lee's here. How are you? Hey, it's me, Keith Lee. Keith Lee from... Uh, <laughs> I, I actually don't know where, what to even call you at this point. It was uh, associate's mind, then it was lawyer smack, and now you're a marketing officer. Like, What, what should I be Tagging your, I I think it depends on like
2: what day of the week it is. Yeah, like because you know, I actually still maybe about once a quarter I'll get an email from someone on an article I wrote on Above the Law from like five years ago. Yeah, like they'll, I'll I'll get a Mister Lee really enjoyed that article on da, da, da 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 da, and then they'll ask me about like advertising on Above the Law, and it's like I haven't been there in five years. Yeah, but I still get that, so I. Created associates mind. I think a lot of people on Twitter know me as associates mind where, where or I, I make, I find the best or, or the worst, uh, legal ethics opinions in the world (laughs) (laughs) and, and share them around. And then, uh, I started associates mind the blog. And then I created lawyer smack, which is like the cool place for lawyers to hang out online. And then uh, currently I'm the, the, the CMO of case status, which is a, a client management tool. I'm still running Lawyer Smack as well. Lawyer Smack is, you know, trucking along, still doing 10,000 messages a week, still having a good time. Not being able to have cool parties anymore, but you know, we're doing mm-hmm. the Zoom thing, which is, you know, fun but kind of sad. It's not the same as bougie rooftop parties somewhere.
1: Right. Well, well, what Lawyer Smack is for those who don't know, it's it's a it's began as a Slack channel for lawyers to mm-hmm. talk about their Business and lives and jokes, whatever. and it evolved into this invite, you know, like subscription lawyer, yeah, home. Now,
2: yeah. now it's like a a sort of like private label bar association. you know that's mm. that's as opposed to being like the you know new York bar association or or even a practice specific area bar association. you know it's it's more of a bar association for people who are sort of attitudinally aligned, you know that that want to have a a sort of virtual water cooler to talk about their practice that everybody's got some skin in the game. Like they're, they're paying members and yeah, it's still the private Slack group is there. We, we have, you know, member benefits things. And then used to go around the country and throw really cool hangouts and parties and stuff, but can't do that anymore. So that kind of sucks, but you know, it's, it's trucking along. It's good. And, and yeah, you know, life is good. I, I still, still fly the, uh, ATL colors on occasion. I've still got my shirt every now and then yeah. I'll wear it out on a call. Still love the crew and everything, but um, yeah, you know, life is good. Yeah. Uh, minus, minus the current hellscape, that is our, our current reality.
1: Yeah. Well, that's actually what I was going to transition to was the question like, with what's been going on and lockdowns, and you've got lawyer smack people from all over the country, what have you seen trends wise on the channels? Is there, is there more activity, less activity? People, wait, what's going on?
2: Yeah, so certainly, I mean, it, it's as busy as ever. I mean, we're doing the the weekly Zoom calls with, you know, getting dozens of people and everyone, you know, for a while there, we had guests and we'll still do that every now and then, but mostly it's just people wanting to see each other and hang out. You know, really the, wh- what I get, what I have the unique ability to do is see lawyers from all across the country having frank, open and honest conversations about their practices. Yeah, and and with that being said, yeah, yeah, this is it to confirm everything that is being put out there publicly. Like, yeah, this is this is the apocalypse for the legal industry. I mean, I've written a, a lot about it at the Case Status blog, but it, it's you know, like what what Cleo came out with a couple of weeks ago, where you know they had done their their internal analysis and you know since the beginning of the year the The matter of new matters registered by Clio users has dropped by forty percent. Yeah, you know it, it's fallen off a cliff. Just this past week, the the Law Society of the UK said that they had surveyed small firms in the UK, and that was quantified as four partners or less. And the the statistics they got back they gave out was that seventy one percent of small firms in the UK said they could not last six months in this <laughs> current environment. That's insane. That's like yeah. extinction, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's saying law, small law firms in the UK are going to be no more. And then, I mean, I'm sorry, Above the Law is partying like it's 2008 again. You know, yeah. like <laughs> you look at, you look at the, the big law side of things and it's just layoffs, furloughs, uh, yeah everything is just being reduced across the board and inside lawyer smack. Yeah. The people are having those same conversations. That's true. People are like, Whoa, business is down. You know, new matters are down. There are certain highlights, you know, certain, you know, bankruptcy lawyers are like, I'm doing great, you know, (laughs) but it's uh, it's tough. It's tough out there, man. It's, it's, it's as, you know, I remember graduating in, in 2010 and being like, wow, this is the worst time to ever graduate.
1: Nope. Yeah. Now yeah, is we, the worst time to ever graduate. Looking back on the Great Recession fondly. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's been crazy with the big law cuts. I You know, we just heard another uh, just coming across is that Cleary is going to push back starting its new class, but no cutbacks other than that. And actually they're going to increase the stipend that they're giving those students since they won't be able to start work on time, mm. uh, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but there are very few firms that are Sounded in a sound enough shape as a, a Cleary Gottlieb is to be able to do that, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's really hard. I mean, I mean, big law, you know, my from my understanding and everybody I've spoken to, if you segment the legal industry into sort of big law, midsize and and solo small firm and, and you know, you talk the, the classical professional services, finder, miners, grinders, pyramid in, in a big law setting. Those pyramids are just going to shrink, right? They yeah. they're, they're going to get a little bit smaller. The, the finders are still going to stay at the top. Maybe some minders don't make it and and yeah, they they thin out the the herd of grinders, but the pyramid stays in place as long as the 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 economics of the the firm are are sound. They'll get through. It'll just be smaller. Go down to the mid bucket. Th- that's where I think the most interesting stuff is going to happen actually for the rest oh, yeah. of this year and into, into next year. And it's that I've I've spoken to so many people in different markets around the country that like after after what happened in 2008, there has been this sort of weird inverted pyramid happening in midsize law firms. Right. So mm-hmm. instead of being lots of grinders at the bottom and then a few miners in the middle and then a very few finders at the top of the pyramid, it's been flipped where there might be 15 partners and then like four or five associates. And if everything t- continues to go south, well, again, like what do you do in a recessionary environment where you begin to, you know, sell off assets? Well, law firms, you know, it's the classic what people say is law firms assets leave the building every day in the elevator. Right. Yeah. You don't <laughs> like law firms don't have assets. It's a professional services firm. Like maybe they own a building or something, but that's it. So if you have to eliminate the bottom of the pyramid, and your pyramid is is top heavy, well, then the pyramid just falls over. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I, I think these, what you're going to end up seeing over the next six to 12 months is that these mid sized firms
1: are going to break apart. I mean, and in the meantime, there's going to be just, as you said, like a lot of pressure to cut costs, which brings me to the question. Are you trying to cut costs? You're not alone. In today's climate, a five figure E discovery bill per month is steep. Don't pay that. Use logical to reduce expense and control your discovery process. Get started today for only two hundred and fifty dollars per matter, and they'll waive migration costs from competing platforms. For more information, visit logical.com slash LTN, that's logic with a K, C-U-L-L.com forward slash LTN. That was see, amazing. You yeah. are such a pro. <laughs> see, see how I like work it in there. I, I think it's important to do that, or else people like. I I certainly have podcasts that I listen to where I I oh, know the it. ad, yeah, and I I can hit the thir- the little bunch ahead button. But if you work it in there just right, where it's part of the flow, people people uh, are willing to listen, which is great for our friends at Logical. Um, Man, but anyway, love yeah. love those Logical guys. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, I do. The, I do
1: know those guys. They're good guys. Yeah, but back to the oh. the the cutbacks, and yeah, I, I do think that's going to happen a lot. And I think we're staring at a winnowing of that mid tier as people either go out of business, or bunch together, or yeah. get sucked up by somebody else.
2: And this is true in a lot of industries. Is that there used to be a, like sort of this almost soft middle in a, a number of industries that you know people were trying to to crawl out of or or get downsized from and then i think i think what's going to come through this is there's going to be a kind of a bookending of the industry meaning there's going to be big law and then there's going to be solo small firm and this sort of nebulous like 20 30 40 50 60 lawyer firms mm-hmm. are 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 going to kind of go the way of the dodo bird i mean they have too much overhead to stay lean and compete with, you know, small firms, but then they don't have the economies of scale to take on the business that big law can. You know, they I don't know where they really fit in the economic puzzle. It's kind of odd.
1: Well, you know what I've been seeing a lot of is the growth of some of these quote unquote, virtual law firms. Uh, It's not quite a fair assessment in that Mm there, some of them do have offices and stuff. But I've noticed a lot, especially with the pandemic, where people are getting used to working from home, getting used to getting their stuff done without a lot of associate help. And they're starting, some of these firms are starting to reach out and say, you know, if you're willing to do this from home, don't need an office, don't care whether or not you have associates, we're willing to set you up and give you a much bigger cut of your book of business. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of the mid-level finders are going to end up, is they're going to realize that the model that they currently have with tons of overhead isn't going to cut it, and it's time to look into some of these firms that are willing to basically let you do your own thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, you are almost have a sort of like virtual of counsel relationship or something. Yeah. It's like you're, you're there to do – you have some aspect – Maybe you have some book of business uh, or maybe you have some very specific practice area, knowledge base that is unique to you and that has values to these larger firms. And yeah, if you're like, yeah, I don't care to come into the office. I don't care about having associates like I want to do the work I want to do. I don't want to make equity partner. I don't want to and I don't want to bill you know, 2,400 hours a year, like I want to bill 1,400 hours a year or I want to bill 1,600 hours a year and have a sort of lifestyle that allows me to make, you know, good enough money and work virtually and I can live in,
1: you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma and have a great life. And these, these firms are, from what I've heard from chatting with people in the industry, is these firms are willing to, if you come to them with a book of business, they're willing to give you a large chunk of it, much larger than regular firms are because there's less overhead and so on. So you get to keep more of what you actually kill, which you know makes it an attractive option. And I think it's one that people overlooked for years because nobody conceived of a world where I don't go into an office and whatever. But right now, they're, they're starting to realize that they actually can do everything they need with Zoom.
2: You know, I was having this conversation with a big law associate the past week or two ago, how they've been adapting and and how they're you know this is this is like an AmLaw fifty firm, and you know they were just like you know actually this is okay you know they they now that they've been doing it for two months they're like yeah we're, you know we're still going to maintain you know our office space in Manhattan or whatever but do they think they need as much yeah they don't you know no. they they're realizing they don't that people are still being productive to a pretty high level and, and you know and it's funny you said zoom you know what they're realizing you know doing this guy was a, a PE M&A lawyer is that you know doing these deals they just you what you really just need is sort of like a, almost like a nice zoom room yeah. <laughs> you know you, you need do you do you need the maho- the marble floor mahogany this leather all this craziness no you you might need a meeting room that looks that way to to do these video calls but outside of that do, do you need that to be in downtown Manhattan, or can you have that like in Jersey city? Yeah. You know, again, I, I've had this conversation with people about the pandemic It's I don't think this is fundamentally changing the world. I think all this is doing is accelerating change. That yep. was naturally like, I feel like we're seeing five to 10 years of change over the next six to 18 months. You know, I think, I think we're just getting an it. It's like someone's holding down the fast forward button on the world.
1: It's so true. And on the office front, so I, I do these office tours from time to time when big law firms invite me in to show me, you know, mm-hmm. what they're new, especially right after a renovation or something. And right. I, I looked at Boyce Schiller's offices a while ago, and, you know, there was some pushback among the young lawyers there because they really pushed away from offices. They, you know, have more carols where people are working and the partner offices aren't even all that good anymore. They're pushed in. And, you know, there was a little bit of complaining. But right now, the genius of it uh, is starting to it starts to seem like it really was forward thinking for this fast forward and probably is the hybrid model between where we were and where we will go. Because what they did with all the extra space they got is they massively expanded the number of conference rooms and all. So they they pushed it in the direction of tons of conference rooms, all videoed up, all uh, video conferencing. And at the time, I don't think they expected that people were going to be working from home as a big factor. But in the long run, utilizing expensive real estate for more collaboration and conference rooms rather than individual offices, when you could just be doing that from home, uh, is probably the way this goes long term.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, commercial real estate is about to get hammered mm. over the next two years. I mean people are real I, I was talking to some friends like in a, at, who work for a company in Atlanta and certainly Atlanta real estate is not Manhattan real estate but they were saying they, they run a finance firm and this this company w- had leased two floors of you know Class A office space right in the middle of Midtown Atlanta new building and everything and they've been doing this for two months. And they realized they're everyone's working, everything's fine, and they're going to just not go back. They're going to walk away from their lease, yeah, because they realized they asked. I was like, they were like, guess how much it is, and I was like, I don't know. I took a couple of guesses. Two floors of Class A office space in Midtown Atlanta was costing them hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars a month.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: and so they were like, it was like, well, wait a minute, if we can all just work from home, like the company can save, you know, over a million dollars a year.
1: Like that's 12 first years right there.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's like crazy. There's no reason to do that. I mean, yeah, still maintain some office space somewhere uh, of some smaller size for, for client meetings and you need to s- cycle people in and out on occasion and, and have somewhere to have meetings and stuff, but as culturally, technologically, I think people, particularly the younger generation, is, is so comfortable with technology. Is so comfortable being productive wherever. It's like you know, have laptop, will travel, can work wherever. And you know, maybe they are only maybe you're only at ninety percent productivity or whatever versus being in an office. But man, that's good enough, you know. Yeah. It, it, in terms of cost savings, it, you know, if you can save you know a million dollars a year in in lease sign me up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It doesn't make sense. So, I mean, that if I was really nervous in this, in this moment, it would be, I was somebody who who was uh, in the business of leasing lots of commercial properties because (laughs) I think, I think that industry is about to get hurt for the next couple of years. Really, really bad.
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I know a a partner at one of the Big firms who does specifically commercial real estate. I haven't checked in with him on how he's uh, seeing things, but I think it, I think you're right. It could be very interesting. On the other, maybe he'll tell me that it it works out great for him either direction the market goes. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, yeah. If if you're just servicing them, hey, you you'll handle the the leasing or the sales, and then if things go south, well, then you you handle the liquidation. You you, right. you win both ways. You know. So that that's. That's possible. You know, that's, that's the big thing in this. That's I've been parroting to a lot of people, something Warren Buffett says a lot that it's like when the it's only when the tide goes out, do you learn who's been swimming naked? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, the tide's going out. Who's naked, right? Yeah. Who's overly leveraged, right? Who has been over leveraged? And again, I think probably a lot of people, because the economy was was booming right you know the fundamentals of the the american economy and even the global economy are still really sound like there there was no you know underlying instability or something like we were all going and so i think people were probably leveraged to a pretty aggressive extent and then this just came out of left field and now everybody's like oh god i'm (laughs) the tide went out i don't have any clothes on yeah
1: yeah Owning a lot of uh, oil futures right now is probably a poor decision. Um, Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I actually know somebody whose models were all based on oil prices. And it was like, oh, oh, this is problematic. Um, But whatever. Hey, you know, at least it didn't happen in the dead of winter. Because I'll say from the Northeast perspective, the amount of fuel oil we burned through in that era, uh, if – we had this kind of a collapse while it was still cold out. I, I could see actual energy companies going under.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. That like would be they, really, they, really rough.
1: Like it's bad enough for them to that no one's driving, but like that would be a real killer for them. On the other hand, people should transition away from that stuff anyway. So hey, maybe it's for the best. That's um, true. That's true. Transitioning. Uh, so you were mentioning the the kind of the general tenor of hmm. Lawyer Smack is what we were talking about uh, yep. way back when and what they're what they're seeing out there. there uh, any non-COVID related trends that you've noticed over the last year amongst the small the, the private bar association that you have?
2: Kind of general trends. You know, it's funny because I think the people who join Lawyer Smack are already sort of like early adopter or technology curve people. You know, they're, sense. they're, they're people who are aggressively looking for something, you know, they're like, Hey, I'm trying to be, whether they are, you know, I have, I have, again, lawyer smack honestly really maps the legal industry. I have big law people. I have small law. I have midsize. I have in-house, I have government lawyers, you know, there's, it's the whole, it runs the gamut, but yeah, the unifying trend for all of them is definitely people who are trying to, I think maybe be smart about technology and, and and looking to sort of improve, you know, themselves or their practice. And, you know, I think there is a a greater, there was already the trend and among lawyer smack people, again, I mean, this is just the accelerator thing, but, but to leveraging technology in their practices and like doing remote work or, you know, using Slack as the, actually their, their, Firm internal comms tool, or you know, certainly there's uh you know in a multiple channels people are like, okay, I'm I'm changing practice management software. Like, give me the pros and cons. Let's talk it out. What do you use yeah. to do this? Or or what technology do you use for like like client scheduling? Do you allow clients to self schedule you know appointments with you? Yeah, I do. Well, how, what tool do you use to do that? Okay, how does that integrate with this? There is a movement between. F- around forward thinking lawyers about automating their practice, right? People want to like adopt sort of like lean manufacturing methodology or like the Toyota method, you know, like really understanding how can you run a law firm and as a slimmed down model as possible, utilizing tech, and instead of leveraging people, instead of having lots of staff and personnel, like can you use all these automated systems in some way to like reduce your overhead? Like, you know, if if an assistant is gonna cost you, you know, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, can you not get an assistant by using, you know, ten thousand dollars worth of technology a year? And yeah. and and then pocket that extra fifty thousand dollars a year and, and put it in your pocket.
1: Yeah. Well yeah. you know and I I've been saying this uh in a few different forums but as somebody whose primary advertisers are in the legal technology business sure. uh, it, they are they are reporting that things are going swimmingly on their front uh even as the economy is in trouble but it's that fast forward uh they're saying that tons of people are calling and saying we never were going to automate this or that but looks like we have to now. Uh, it's just forcing the issue. And so those companies are working, thankfully, they're they're very busy right now for the thankfully for them.
2: Yeah. And, that, and that's so again, that's the case. So if you're a business, times get tough, you eliminate you, you sell assets. Law firms only assets are people. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, if you're if I'm running a say just to keep numbers small that are and easily manageable, say, you know, you've got a law firm that has four lawyers and, or, and you have six staff and, you know, each staff member costs you $75,000 a year to pay them. Well, you know, and if times get tight, you start to being like, Oh, I've got to, we've got to slim down. We're going to have to, you know, Sally is, you know, kind of just been floating around. She doesn't really do anything. We've got to get rid of her, but you know, is that going to allow us to, you know, We need her because we have this personnel to keep the firm running. We've got to make sure this gets scheduled. We've got to make sure you're getting client updates this way. We've got to make sure when, you know, clients make their appointments or, or whatever else or discovery is getting filed. But if there's, if you, again, if, if you can get some of these tools that can automate things in your practice, that can, you know, make things work more seamlessly, that, that you as the attorney can just actually just click a few buttons and make things happen and have you know conflict checks and all these amazing things happen just via technology. Then it becomes more palatable to be like, you know what? Let's you know instead of six staff, let's try having four staff, but take you know let's we have to and and the, you know really this becomes a, a an education and training problem mm-hmm. that and that's difficult for a lot of lawyers to say all right. I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to have to learn something. Like because actually I think that's the biggest hurdle for for most legal technology companies is is you have to educate lawyer like lawyers are luddites. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean they, they are they are not generally speaking technology adopters. They they are it is a lagging industry. It is an, an industry addicted to precedent and the way things have always been done. And they don't they don't want to change. And again, so now we're in this fast forward moment and the big hurdle is, is educating and almost coming into these law firms as a consultant, being like, hey, we're going to actually help you become a modern practice. We are going to help you become uh, a lean, mean, technology-enabled law firm for the future. And in doing so, yeah, it's going to cost you some money, but in the long run, it's going to save you money because you're going to be able to operate your your law firm. Instead of having six staff, you can have three, you know, and mm-hmm. that's that's really the economic proposition. And I think in the past, people are like, ah, that's too much. I'll just keep my six staff. But in, in the current environment, when you're really watching your bottom dollar, you know, when you're not sure you're going to be able to, to find the work. Oh, yeah. Hey, you've got plenty of bandwidth to grind all day, but it doesn't matter if you can grind all day if you can't find. And yep. so if, if you have limited finding, you've got to be, be able to reduce your overhead. And, and adoption of technology and elimination of sort of low-hanging staff is, is probably the, not probably, is the best way to navigate the current moment and, and keep your lights on
1: yeah well i think we're coming to where we should be scheduled to conclude so we'll conclude on that happy note i guess that people should yeah i guess they should adopt? Uh, well, whatever. Uh Alas, whether it's good, whether it's happy or not, that's that's just where we're going to have. We're ending and, it. We're done. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you to Keith Lee for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Joe you, Patrice. You should all be listening to and subscribe to this podcast. You should be giving it reviews, that sort of thing. You should listen to the other podcasts that we have. We have a special COVID cast, uh, Above the Law COVID cast that's coming out, uh dealing just with all the COVID and the law news that we're getting. You should listen to the Jabot. You should listen to the other Legal Talk Network shows. You should be reading above the law. I'm at Joseph Patrice on Twitter. You should do that too. Uh, All of those things, I think, uh, cover us. Oh, and you you should follow me at Associates Mind on Twitter as well. There you go. And yeah, and join Lawyer Smack and stuff like that. Join (laughs) Lawyer
2: Smack. Lawyer (laughs) Smack is the best. It's good times.
1: Excellent. And with all that, uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Bye.
0: If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook